My lords, ladies and gentlemen, master of the hounds, mistress of the ostler, barber of the groom, stable boys, unstable boys, kinky girls, whippers in, whippers out. of the Fox, members of the Noble Hunt, who unfortunately cannot be with us today, please be up standing and raise your stirrup cups. The toast is John Peel in his coat so gay. We've all got his number, dear. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give you jorocks, with which I would like to couple round the hall. And welcome to the show. Well, now, here are the answers to last week's questions. First, the where do you find it question. Well, the answer came in several parts as follows. Wound round a sailor's leg. <laughs> on uh, top of the wardrobe. Floating in the bath. Under a prize bull. And in a lay-by on the Watford bypass. <laughs> At least I found one there. I couldn't use it. It was covered... <laughs> It was covered in verdigris. Never mind. I gave it to the scouts, actually, and they exhibited proudly next to it a daguerreotype of Baden Pound's Woggle. Now, <laughs> finally, the what was wrong with this picture question, where I showed you a photograph and asked you to pick out the deliberate mistakes on it. Well, uh, most of you realised that Queen Victoria was wearing an Arsenal football shirt in the picture. <laughs> Quite ridiculous. It should, of course, have been Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> The sheep bottom right shouldn't have been wearing jockey shorts. Greyhounds, of course, do not have antlers. And the vicar's miniskirt was in the wrong tartan. <laughs> now, the prize for the winning entry has been sent to Mrs. J. Monk's Haunch, Seaview Cottage, Tibet. <laughs> and is, as promised, the Bank of England nude calendar <laughs> featuring Mr. Lippincott, the ex-governor, in a series of saucy poses, <laughs> representing the 12 months of the fiscal year. And so, so to our new uh, feature, Smith. Smith, wend your way over to the microphone and make the announcement, will you? Here he comes, Douglas Smith, the well-known happening. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, it's... Armpit Theatre! The studios that gave you tales of adventure and swashbuckling romance like The Count of Monte Cristo now presents Kenneth Horne as D'Artagnan in a special production of The Three Musketeers. My name is D'Artagnan. Alice D'Artagnan. <laughs> but that's another story. I'm... Uh... <laughs> I'm half bourbon with a dash of ginger. <laughs> now, that, too, is another story. My, my father was a small landowner in Gascony. He was three inches high, to be exact. <laughs> my family had fallen on hard times. Not for us delicacies like frog's legs. We had to eat the rest of the frog. <laughs> small wonder my mother and father croaked when I was still quite young. In 1662, I decided to go to Paris to seek my fortune. I made my way to a low tavern in the Rue de la Danny, the main drag. <laughs> and tethered my old nag to a hitching post. 
All right, you stay there, Granny. I'll get you a pint of stouts and a packet of cheese and onion-flavored escargot. Thank you, Alice. You always was a good granddaughter to me. And that is yet another story. <laughs> Perhaps you should have told that one, Ducky. It's getting more laugh. I flung open the door of the low tavern and swaggered in on my hands and knees. It was a very low tavern. <laughs> at the bar stood three mustachioed gallants with swords at their side. The tallest of the trio wore a gay cockade in his hat. I stared at him for a moment. He spoke. Are you staring at me, cockade? Yes. You're musketeers, aren't you? Aye, Cully. I'm Porthos, and this man at me elbow is Arthos. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, in this slide for a moment I couldn't tell Arthos from your elbow. <laughs> I'm here. This is Aramis. He gestured with his gleaming epee at the gloomy, saturnine man at his side. He had the face of an unfrocked priest. And the, and the ears of an unfrocked rabbi. Which he carried in a matchbox at his waist. <laughs> he extended his hand to seven years with options and kissed me on both cheeks. Enchanté, mon brave. That is your actual French. <laughs> New Psalms, as you may have gathered, your actual musketeers. Yeah, the, the King's Own? Well, no, not for keeps. <laughs> Our motto is one for all and all for one. And I'm one. <laughs> I, uh... I don't quite follow. Well, he's one, and he's one and all. Well, I'd like to be one. Well, first you have to prove yourself. Can you ride a horse? Can you fight off 20 men at once? Can you make love to a beautiful woman? Well, not all at the same time, but uh, <laughs> anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. No, you can't. Yes, I can. <laughs> Gascon can speak like that to a musketeer. I challenge her to a duel. And I. And I. To the death. To the death. To the death. To the death. At dawn tomorrow. At dawn. At dawn. Oh, well, could you make it 12 or 12.30? I'm having my hair done. And Vidal gets furious if I cancel. Same here. So be it. So be it tomorrow, then, the Champs Elysees. I'll wait by the Eiffel Tower. But it won't be built for 300 years. I'm in no hurry. <laughs> but why fight on the Champs-Élysées? Because it's a dual carriageway. <laughs> there will now be a short musical interlude while the enormity of that joke sinks in. <laughs> Dawn the next day. How about you? Ha-ha! <laughs> How about you? Oi! Alex, they haven't arrived yet. Oh. Oh, well, I'll have it myself then till they get here. Who there, Gascon Dog? No, 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 that's Granny, the Wonder Horse. The <laughs> vain beast. Ah, oh, here come Porthos and Aramis. Will you fight us one at a time or all together? All together. Sing something simple. As time goes by. They came at me, their rapiers gleaming. Ah! 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 Porthos was nicked. 
but remanded for a doctor's report. <laughs> Aramis was next. He lunged at me deftly, flashing his ape. I parried and lunged quickly. And after a quick lunge, I slipped into the library for a nap. But he wasn't to be put off. He showed me what he was made I'll of. I'll show you what I'm made of. Look. Good heavens, skin. <laughs> Take that. Ah, miscreant. Touché. Is he? Is he? Yes, he is. He's overacting. <laughs> But he'll soon be all right. Now, you, Arthos. Look out! Look out! Look out! Look out! Here come the Cardinal's guards. There ain't too shortage of cast. There'll be a short pause while everyone changes to guards. <laughs> the Cardinal's guards, for it was they, rushed at the musketeers with savage oaths. The fight was on. Back to back, face to face, cheek to cheek, up against the wall, they did what they had to. <laughs> Arthos, Porthos, and Aramis cut and thrust with a will, while Alice was parrying one of the guards. <laughs> a musketeer's life is terribly hard, says Alice. <laughs> Finally outnumbered, they were forced to retreat. Led by D'Artagnan, the musketeers leapt onto Granny the Wonder Horse, and with a cry of... Hey-ho, Granny! They rode off to the Tuileries. Oh, why are we going there? To get twilled, you idiot. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the decadent court of the effete King Louis, word had reached the Queen. I heard that, Lou. That's a nice word to use in front of your Queen. That's nice language for the King of France to use, that is. I'm sorry, Queenie. I dropped the orb on me toe. Oh, well, I'm royalty, I am. Oh, I've got yeah. breeding. Yes. If you put a pea under me mattress, I'd feel it. Yeah. It'd give me jip all night. Oh, would. such a cake hole, you great fat nose pot. Ah, <laughs> uh, under your mattress. You you could put two stone of King Edwards in your pit and you'd still sleep like an og. Oh, I'm an Habsburg, I am, and don't you forget I'll it. I'll button your Habsburg lip. <laughs> Majesty, His Eminence, the Cardinal Richelieu, craves audience. Ah, oh, the Eminence grease himself. Show him in. Oi, this way, your greasy Eminence. <laughs> your Majesty. <laughs> I have a complaint. The uh, next line was cut by the Minister of Health. <laughs> On the grounds that it was infecting the lines around it. <laughs> ah, I wish you could see this scene as the cardinal with his colourful habit, for which I believe he's receiving treatment, <laughs> advances into the stately throne room with its priceless tapestries, gilt caryatids and aubusson carpets woven by hand. They don't use needles, they have long, pointed fingers. <laughs> what a colourful spectacle with the deep crimson of the curtains set off by the silver gleam of the simulated nickel plate. Fully transistorised Japanese mini-commode and teas-made. Obtained for only 50,000 coupons from Podgast's Navy Cut Cigarettes. Deeply satisfying Podgast with the smoked salmon-flavoured filter. Buy some for Louis. <laughs> The Three Musketeers, Part Three. 
You, you wouldn't have liked part two. It was all plot. <laughs> the wicked cardinal, jealous of the queen's influence on the king, plans to discredit her. Shame, shame, Knowing shame. that she has given a diamond necklace as a token of her favours to the Duke of Buckingham, he persuades the king to hold an enormous ball. Don't drop it, Louis. The queen must wear the necklace. Meanwhile, on the next page, the musketeers are celebrating their victory over the cardinal's guards. <laughs> a toast to the king! Oh, the, the king! king. The, the king! To our newfound friend, D'Artagnan, the swiftest swordsman in Gascony. Here's to D'Artagnan, the high-speed Gascon. <laughs> I'm very, very honoured, gentlemen. Young D'Artagnan, you shall live with us from now on. Come on, I'll show you my quarters. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll show you mine. <laughs> These clothes you wear, they're not fit a barrel for a gentleman. We'll take you to the King's Old Tailors, Berman's Theatrical Misfits and the Hundred Years' War surplus store. Yes, <laughs> you shall have a fine purple cloak, a lace jabot, sheer silk hose, and as fine a codpiece as any gentleman could wish, <laughs> together with four pennies of chips and a pickled onion. <laughs> High boots, a fine ostrich plume in your hat. Oh, looking like that everywhere you go, men will envy you and women desire you. Oh, the other way round. <laughs> Just one thing, D'Artagnan. Yes, what is it? In that clobber, don't go near the docks on a Saturday night. <laughs> Entrez! I am Her Majesty's lady in waiting. Oh, well, call me, Mrs. Woman. We won't keep you waiting long. Uh, I have a message for the Queen. She must see you at once. It's a matter of life and death. What does the Queen want to see the Musketeers about? Where does the mysterious Cardinal fit in? Will Snowy and Jock be in time? How does Lord Otto Mousechauser fit into the bacon slicer? What is the sound of one hand clapping? Can you look me in the eyes and say you love me? Tune in next week for episode two of The Three Musketeers. Well, there's nothing so bad it can't get worse. So, here are the Fraser Hayes Four, three voices in perfect harmony to sing on a slow boat to China. I'd like to get you on a slow boat to China All to myself alone Get you and keep you in my Shiny, melting your heart of stone. I'd like to get you on a snowboat to China or to myself alone. There is no verse to this song, because I don't want to wait a moment too long to say that I'd like to get you on a snowboat to China. All to myself alone. All to myself alone. Do, do, do. Get you and keep you in my arms evermore. Leave all your lovers weeping on the following shore. On the bright with a moon, big and shiny, melting your heart of stone. I'd like to get you on a snowboat to China. Myself alone, melting your heart of stone. 
And now, the Round the Horn colour supplement. Now, this part of the show can only be heard in colour. And like the newspaper supplements, it comes entirely free. So if you don't like it, well, don't come whining to us. So to our first item, Swinging London. Trendy columnist Brad Smallpiece with news of current events. Among the many exciting events to titillate the visitor of London this week are formation goat nadgerin for the Bulstrode Cup at the Wimbledon Palais, <laughs> uh, armadillo baiting at Crufts, the ideal spotted dick exhibition at Olympia, and uh, floodlit horse massage at the Ivory Stadium. <laughs> But I myself would plump for the camping exhibition at the Marine Commando Club Paddington. <laughs> uh, weather and police permit in. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now I shall make a beeline for it. The, the colour supplement now turns its attention to a frequently criticised but essential part of the contemporary scene, the British judicial system. Uh, every day at the Old Bailey, scenes like this are being enacted. Yes, I admit it, I killed her. I killed them all. They said I was mad. Me, mad, mad, mad am I. I'll show you, I'll kill you, I'll kill you all. Then we'll see who's mad. Ah! <laughs> Quite so, my lad, but uh, what about the accused? <laughs> And who do we revere more than the solid British Bobby? Uh, what is it, Constable? Uh, just breathe into this, will you, sir? Breathe into it? Don't argue, sir. Just breathe into this. Oh, all right. <sighs> now this one. <sighs> yeah, that's better. Can't stand cold gloves when I'm on point. <laughs> Of course, there have been many folk songs written about the law, and here now to sing one is that doyen of folk singers, a man who has few peers, except through the window of the nurse's hostel in the Bullfarm Road. <laughs> your own, your very own, rambling Sid Rumper. Well, hello, me dearie for, for I dangle my grummet till my billy boils. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll have a cup if it's no trouble. Uh, what song are you going to give us now? Uh, it's something I picked up down under. Tis an Australian outlaw's song and tells of a squatter in the outback. Ah, I see. <laughs> Primitive plumbing. So some, so some say. Do some. Yeah. Anyway, this swagman is in the bush camping very a billabong, and the billabong reports him to the police. And, <laughs> and up come the troopers. One, two, four, and... One, two, four. Four. Oh, it was three's day off. Oh, yeah. So anyway, they catch him having a jumbuck in his tucker bag. Well, it's better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick, isn't it? <laughs> oh, precisely. So then he sings this haunting lament. <clears throat> Once long ago in the shade of a ghouly bush. in his blood by the old faggot's glee rested a gander man a nobbling of his woggle iron and stuffing a sheep in the old mill stream 
And up come the troopers and hang him by the billabong. They twisted his woggle irons one, two, and three. Now his ghost sits and moans as it grunges in his gander can. Old Kamawoglin is jumbuck with me. <laughs> Thank you, Rambling Sid, and keep taking the tablets. <laughs> now, uh, one thing about British law is the way it adapts to circumstances. As time changes, so does the law. For instance, 30 years ago, it was illegal to set fire to an orangutan within the precincts of Westminster Abbey on even dates. <laughs> and nowadays, there's no such stigma attached to such an act, except, of course, to the orangutan. And it's uh, similar with divorce. Now, in the 40s, these social complications were enormous as we illustrate with this excerpt from the 1942 production of Brief Ecstasy, starring Dame Celia Mulstrangler and ageing juvenile Binky Huckerback. Fiona, are you asleep? No, Charles. Are you? No. <laughs> Neither am I. I can't get off. <laughs> I keep thinking. Thinking? Thinking what? You know what I'm thinking. Yes, I know. I know you know. I know you know, I know. Yes, I know. But knowing doesn't help. Every night I lie here torturing myself. We're in an imp Possible position. <laughs> Give it time, Charles. If, if only your husband would divorce you. <laughs> but he won't. You know Roger. Yes, Roger. I'm sick of Roger. This is his house. I see him everywhere. Roger in the morning, Roger in the evening, Roger at supper time. <laughs> He'll always be between us, Fiona. Hold me, Charles. I can't. Somehow, whenever we're together, I feel he's there between us. Yes, yes. I feel that, too. Uh, what are we going to do, Fiona? Shall I speak to him? Yes, you must. You'll never get any peace. Very well, darling. Roger. Yes, love? Get up and make some cocoa, dear. We're trying to get some sleep. From time to time, the most honest, law-abiding citizen gets entangled with the law. I did myself recently. Very uncomfortable it was. And I was uh, recommended to a fashionable firm of solicitors in Lincoln's Inn. The brass plate on the door read, Boner Law. Hello, anybody there? Oh, hello, I'm Julian. This is my friend Sandy. I've got me articles and he's taken silk. Frequently. Mm. <laughs> well, Miss Drawn, how nice to valdy your dolly old eek again. Oh, 
What brings you trolling in here? Oh, can you help me? I've erred. Yeah, we've all erred, Ducky. Yeah. I mean, it's common knowledge, isn't it, Jules? Oh, will you take my case? Well, it depends on what it is. We've got a criminal practice that takes up most of our time. Yes, but apart from that... <laughs> I need legal advice. Oh, and he bowed. Although all time has not withered nor custom staled his infinite variety. <laughs> Just a minute. Now, what is it you've done? Well, uh... oh. no, I don't like to say. Oh, come no. on. Yeah. No, I don't like Oh, come on, you can tell us. Yeah. And we have handled the most bizarre briefs. Nothing to show. <laughs> No. Well, look, it, it's, it's here on this charge sheet. Let's have a vard. Oh, Jewel, look at this. Oh. <gasps> he did it. It's written down. Oh. What a mean broad daylight. Outside the corner house. <laughs> Aren't you ashamed? Yes, but it is only a parking offence. Only? They're very hot on that. What do you think, Jewel? Well... Well, let me look up my torch. Mm, she's looking up his torch. Mm. Now, sometimes it takes him hours to find what he's looking for. <laughs> well, oh. He wants a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's found it. Well, uh, well, I recommend we try Perverulium ad camforum actus injuria linctus est. Mm, that's your actual Latin. Yes, what does it mean? I don't know. I've got it off a bottle of horse rub. <laughs> Sounds good, though, doesn't it? How should we tackle it, Sam? I think we should plead insanity. Yes, but what about Mr. Horn? Oh, him. Oh, I'll defend him. Oh, I'll do him his speech for the defence. Yes. Do you like to hear it? Yeah, yeah, I can't contain myself. Well, that's your problem, Ducky. <laughs> go on, go on. Do you please, Sam? Yes. Oh, he's an eloquent pleader. I am. <laughs> Omies and Polones <laughs> of the jury. Vada, Vada, well, the eek of the poor one who stands before you. His lallies trembling, trembling, trembling. Here. He, he has his share of guilt. But who is without it? Who? Who is without it? Who? We all have a bit. Everyone <laughs> We have our share. Yeah. His only crime was that he loved not wisely, but not too well. This, this kid never had a chance. No. Born on the wrong side of the tracks. Oh. Forced to take him washing. Wash Society drove him to a life of vice. It's not this one who's on trial. It is all of us. Hallelujah. We, hallelujah. <laughs> we made him what he is without hope, hope. without love, without hair. <laughs> Give him a chance Give to become a, a useful chance. citizen again, yeah. a housewife and a mother, mother, so that he can look the world in the face and say, I name this ship HMS Ark Royal, and God bless all who sail in her. Bravo, son! Well done! Could have been a Queen's Council. <laughs> well, Miss Torn, what do you say? Have you got Quentin Hogg's phone number? <laughs> well, they did defend me in the end, and I got off. They got six months. <laughs> but that's still another story. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, except for this week's mystery noise. Now, what is it that goes... If you know, please drop a line to me, care of round the horn, and mark your envelopes clearly in block letters. <laughs> <laughs>
Cheerio. See you next week. That was Round the Horn, starring Kenneth Horn with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden on the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Took and Marty Feldman, and the show is produced by John Simmons.